Welcome to Political Evolution, where we explore the past, present, and future of American politics. I am your host, Whitney Richardson, a political analyst, entrepreneur, and lawyer. Today, I'm so excited to be here with Kimara Snipes. She is the Director of Equity and Community Partnerships at the Nebraska Civic Engagement Table and a lifelong community organizer and advocate. Kimra, welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? I feel good. Thank you for having me. I'm actually like super excited to be here having a conversation with you. I'm glad you share that excitement. I've been wanting to talk to you for so long (laughs) and I wanted to do your episode for International Women's Day because when I thought of like what that day represents, I thought about you, but better late than never. Oh, wow. and yeah, so I'm I'm so glad to talk about you and your work at the Nebraska Civic Engagement Table. But before we get into that, I want to talk about your journey towards community organizing and activism. What has that journey looked like for you? How did you get started? You know, it's very interesting. I remember when Barack Obama was running for president and they kept calling him a community organizer. And I thought to myself, wow, that must be something that's really special and really just something out of my league. And um, I remember someone approached me and told me, like, you're a community organizer. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so I got to thinking about it. And I think it started probably relatively young. I mentioned being part of a family that I was adopted into, which are the mm. Spiveys, out of Farmerville, Louisiana. Mm. Um, and I had a great grandfather and my grandmother who started our Spivey family reunion. Mm-hmm. And um, because of some disagreement, they started the reunion in 1977. And then some disagreement happened in 1981. I was six, so I didn't care. <laughs> and because of it, they started holding elections. So every other year I have watched my family do these elections, but not just hold elections, but go around and get people to vote for them and talking to people and just within like the family. And so that was kind of a start. And then I was active in my church. I went to church to get out of my house. Unlike most people who didn't want to go to church, I couldn't wait to get out of my house. And very active in like youth groups. I had a pastor who kept us in the community as well, knocking on doors, getting people to come to church, come to vacation Bible school. And then be like, hey, someone didn't show up, teach, even though you're only 12 years old, you know, things like that. And so having that sort of interest embedded in you and just, you know, taking care of people and loving your brother and and being nice to people. And so then, of course, life happens. And um, I had a son ended up a single parent because my son's father ended up in a federal penitentiary. And so then you're on assistance in these different things. And when something bad would happen, of course, I would complain. And I just got sick and tired of telling people telling me, well, it's not my fault. And or go talk to your state senator and don't talk to me about it and things like that. And so being the type of person that I, I guess, raised to be and that you don't complain about it, you go do something about it. You just kind of start trying to take care of yourself, which means calling people, talking to people, advocating for self. And through that, um, you learn things as well. I um, was living in South Omaha, which was the last home that I lived in where I was on any kind of assistance. And um, I met one of my neighbors whose mother lived a few blocks away. 
everyone called her Grandma Harris, calls her Grandma Harris. Mm. And she was in this neighborhood association. Mm. And she did something that I think all people should do in that she looked at someone and she didn't see their socioeconomic status or anything like that. She saw my desire and willingness to be involved. And she invited me to this neighborhood association meeting, which I went to and, of course, loved. Um, through that, I found the South Omaha Neighborhood Alliance, which I serve as president of today. Mm. But nearly 20 years ago, I was just kind of someone who who came across this space where we could meet our city council person and our state senators and our congressperson whenever they were running for office. And you recognize that, you know, these people are a lot like you. I say all the time, I recognize that they put their pants on the same way I do, which is one leg at a time. Yes. And so through that, Neighborhood associations are our organizers themselves, the people who are in them. You just kind of continue this advocacy of self and, and then it's also advocacy of other people. So it's been kind of organic and then it kind of just like happened. And so I ended up becoming elected to the Omaha Public School Board. So it's kind of been um, something that's been ingrained in me. But I also say that I think it's something that might be slightly biological as well, because I am adopted. And Mm. I did this research on my uh, birth family and I found this article about like my birth grandfather, who was Willard Riley. And he was like the highest level of a Mason that you could be. And Mm. he had like a scholarship in his name here in Omaha, Nebraska. And he was really active in his church. And I was like, wow. Wow. Okay. So maybe it's, you know, maybe I just have no choice but to be involved. So that's kind of, I guess I would say my sort of natural organic um, progression kind of into where I am today. That's fascinating for a number of reasons. Like one, I think it's so interesting that your family held elections and had like this democratic process that heavily influenced you when you were younger. I think that's remarkable and something that even other families, you know, could mimic to really absolutely en- engage your children into a civic process and make it a culture and a way of life. Oh, yeah. I um actually I created this presentation for young people called The Culture of Voting. Because I tell people all the time that voting is something that's cultural cultural for me. It's ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. Um, culture is also traditions and things like that. Yes. And so going and watching my family do this every other year, regardless of whatever, whether your parents got divorced or someone passed away or whatever, we still, and to this day, we still do it, come together wow. every other year and, and hold these elections. And so for me, um, outside of like when I was laid up from healing from being in the hospital, like, Very few times can I recall just, you know, not voting. My sense of responsibility would just be completely out of whack by um, not participating in that process. And I think it's because it was introduced to me so young and it was consistent. And so when I talk to young people, my call to action to them is go home. You know, talk to your families, even if it's something as simple as voting on whether or not we go to the movies this weekend. Wow. Let's just hold a vote on something and then just continue to grow it from that. And not just, you know, your family who you live with, but it's a great way to um, keep in contact with your, your your outside family, your grandmother, your your, your uncles, your cousins and, yes. and all this and that. We never did the first cousin, second cousin. That's my cousin. We're all here together. And that's just it. And it's a great way to also stay connected. Absolutely. I think that is phenomenal. So you mentioned like your work with OPS and their neighborhood alliance. Can you talk about what that work has looked like in your role as an organizer in different organizations? 
Yeah. So with the neighborhood associations, Omaha um, is rich with neighborhood associations. Um, they're a, a, a lot more prevalent um, the further east into Omaha that you go. Um, really, with the South Omaha Neighborhood Alliance, um, Omaha has six of them. We act, I say we act kind of like as a sort of umbrella organization, but even more so as a resource for the different neighborhood associations that come together. And really what we do is our mission is to improve the neighborhoods in South Omaha. And we do that through communication, which is by bringing people together, sharing what each neighborhood association is working on. Um, our elected officials can, when they decide to show up, mm -hmm. which is a whole different story, mm -hmm. um, come and share what's happening in the city and the county at the state level and national level, too, if our congressperson is able to come. Uh, so, so, so the communication, collaboration as well, getting our members to work together to work on projects in their neighborhoods at the Alliance. We have a mini grant. All the money that we raise each year at our banquet, which is held on the first Thursday of June, is directly reinvested into South Omaha through our mini grant program because our neighborhood associations, they're, they're citizens, they're neighbors, they're mm -hmm. people who don't have a 501c3. They're just people who want their neighborhood to look good. Yes. And so this is an opportunity for them to receive funding. Empowerment, you know, getting information, access to information and use of information is empowering. Meeting your elected officials is empowering. And I can speak to that because it completely empowered me. And then, of course, promoting positive perceptions. Um, South Omaha and North Omaha as well, because for me, it's East Omaha. Um, yes. is a beautiful community. It's not all bad. It's not what the news makes it out to be. And so part of our responsibility is also to promote those positive perceptions that do exist within South Omaha. So I say all the time that people who are active in neighborhood, in my opinion, are organizers. I'm actually completing a presentation that um, I put together that I'm taking to the NUSA conference, the Neighborhoods USA, that they accepted that talks about um, organizing neighborhoods because I tell people all the time that you know, if you want people to vote, get them involved in their neighborhood association. Mm -hmm. um, again, I go back to my socioeconomic status not mattering. Mm -hmm. When I ended up in the hospital for a month back in 2014 with something very similar to COVID with heart and kidney failure, died a couple of times, couldn't walk for a while. It was my neighborhood association family that really took care of me. Wow. And so um, it's the organizing of them, the love of them and the empowerment that you get from it. Omaha Public Schools, that was something that I did really, you know, kind of organizing, issue-based organizing. My son, who is now 22 years old, when I I talked about ending up in the hospital for almost a month, it was about 26 days, I believe. My son had just started high school the week before I ended up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And when I got out and was able to go to his conferences on a walker, None of his two teachers knew anything that was going on, which, which was amazing to me because my neighborhood association family had went up to the school, had talked to the administrators mm. and everything. But still, there was no clue that this had happened. And my son was failing his classes. Mm. I was livid as mm. someone who prides herself on communication and prides herself on making sure that her son is doing the best that he can. Yeah. And so, again, going back to not just complaining about it, but doing something about it, mm -hmm. um, when that seat came up, the person who was in it prior to me, they did come out and they, and they talked to me. And I did decide to run because there were issues that I wanted to address. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be more than just that person who just fussed and complained and just did nothing about it. And so I ended up joining the school board. Unfortunately, I had to resign uh, because the, the home that I was living in, my landlord was not taking care of it. 
And partially, it's not even really all her fault. There were health issues involved. Her Mm -hmm. partner had passed away. The house was literally falling apart, though. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up having to move. There was nothing affordable within the area to Mm -hmm. even find to live in. And so I had to move outside of um, the boundaries of the subject that I served on. Mm -hmm. But I still remain active with school board. Um, School board members still reach out to me. I still offer my advice and my input. Whenever I have had the chance to go to a meeting, I'll show up when I can. So I I think that's amazing. You don't hear a lot of people talking about um, getting active in their communities and their neighborhoods. I think that's such Mm -hmm. a useful way to spur community engagement and, you know, community initiatives, initiatives. And there's so much power in that. So let's talk about the Nebraska Civic Engagement Table. So before we get into your work, tell me a little bit more about the organization. Well, um, the Nebraska Civic Engagement Table is an organization. It's a statewide organization. And we really, really work um, in marginalized or underrepresented communities across the state to really, really um, improve voter turnout. And so for me, that looks like many things. I talk all the time about the need to just really, really improve civic power. So I serve, I start at the table as just this little peon, just kind (laughs) of working part time, not really doing a whole lot. We had a lot of transition that occurred over the last couple of years. I had the opportunity to step into this organizing role and my executive director was like, wow, like um, you're really good at this. Do you want to just take over the whole department? I was like, oh, Absolutely. Let's do this. And so I manage all of our diversity, equity and inclusion program and policy design. But then I also manage our organizing efforts, um, our statewide organizing plan, which we're still creating. Also working on Lincoln um, City elections right now, um, our civic engagement fund, our rural organizer school and a boot camp that I'm also um, working on creating right now as well. And so I really love the organization because they have this um, belief in year round engagement. One of my largest complaints that I have had when it comes to just um, being involved in the political world is this consistent sort of elected officials or candidates kind of showing up few months before the election, then once the Mm -hmm. election happens, you really don't hear from people. Mm -hmm. You don't see from people. And that's unfortunate as well, because, you know, some of these people I know consider, you know, my friends as well, but it just seems to kind of be the norm. And I I love this work because number one, it's nonpartisan, which means I can go into any door that I want. Um, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm just someone who wants you, whoever you is to vote. And I don't care how you vote. It's not partisan. And again, it is year round. This is year round civic engagement. I don't care if there's not an election happening this year. One of our mottos is that there's always an election happening, you know, so we're constantly just building up for that. So that's what I love about it. Again, going back to voting, just being something that's kind of cultural for me, it seems like a natural fit because encouraging people to vote is just something I have grown to just love. Um, Even in neighborhood associations, one of the things I failed to mention was that every person I know that's in one It's not just a voter, but they're an active voter. They're voting in general elections, midterm elections, municipal elections, you know, off year elections, whatever it is. These people are active voters. I just say, wow, you know, what if we got everyone in East Omaha or at least, you know, half of everyone in East Omaha just involved in their neighborhood association, actively involved. And then these people are voting. Look at what we do to the increase of uh, 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 when it comes to voter turnout. And I think that kind of, you know, a lot of people feel like their elected officials only care about them 
around election time. So I like your intentionality of year long civic engagement, you know, that that shows people, oh, you actually care outside election time. So I want to ask you um, in your work at the table and just over your journey as an organizer, what has been like the one of the most challenging things? And then I'll also ask you what's been one of the more rewarding things. I think the biggest challenge with the work which is also something that I love is that it is statewide. Um, We are a member organization and we work with nonprofits across the state. Mm -hmm. So what comes with that is that you have these different organizations who are working to help people. The thing is that they have different missions and maybe everyone's mission isn't necessarily tied around civic engagement. Right. But one thing that I'm being mindful of and my team, we're constantly reminding our members of is that, you know, civic engagement can be tied into any mission. I kind of call it the Stacey Abrams philosophy. When I when I think of Stacey Abrams, you know, I think of the things that she has done in Georgia and just finding people and meeting people where they are at. And so while that may be a challenge, again, it's also something that I really, really love. And I love a challenge anyway. And the team that I've been able to build and create, they are so great at this work to where they're almost kind of making it easy. Um, What I have enjoyed is I tell my team and my team included me and one of the people on my team, uh, I said, we're street organizers. You know, we have been organizing before we even knew that we were organizing. Yes. We were identifying issues. We were not um, just sitting on our butts complaining about it and keeping the seat warm. We were getting up and doing something about it. Now we have resources behind us to be able to help us do this work. Um, but the lived experience that exists the knowledge that exists is just so exciting and being able to take this plan and actually build out an organizing plan on paper. It's actually been really, it's been kind of fun for me. I'm a researcher by nature. I've talked to you a little bit about some of these places, um, having conversations with analysts Institute. I had this really great meeting yesterday with this guy named Jake um, from the organization reach who really talks um, practices on the relational organizing. They have tools for that. And so when you learn these different options that are out there that can help you do this work and being able to apply the, the, the strategy and like you say, the intentionality, I'm just excited to just see like what this team does for the 2024 election across the state of Nebraska. I mean, I'm really excited because we about this work. Yes. We are about this work. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for you. Speaking of your team, can you talk a little bit about your team Um, The work that you guys are doing and the impact you guys hope to make uh, between now and the next election. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm going to name my team. One of my team members is Wyshell Davis. She's from North Omaha. I met her a few years ago. Um, She was an organizer with Heartland Worker Center, who was also one of our member organizations. We kind of stole her from them, but it's it's okay. Um, She is our our, our statewide civic engagement strategist. And so what we're doing with her is really... um, developing her so that she can take over our civic engagement fund. We have a grant bucket of funding that we use towards voter registration, get out the vote, community connectedness. Every 10 years, we also have a pot for census. Mm. 
also get developing hers as she can take over our rural organizer school. Um, I have an organizer right now placed in the Grand Island, Nebraska, Mm -hmm. and then one also placed in Sioux City, Nebraska. So we've been out to Grand Island and and Sioux City this year, working with them to help them develop out their goals, but also pulling them into the planning as we continue to build out our statewide organizing plan, which right now we're in the benchmarking phase. We can have ways to track progress and really, really, again, making sure we're being intentional uh, with this plan. I also hired Riley Wilson. Many uh, people here in Omaha may remember him from the protests of 2020. Um, He was a legal observer for the ACLU and he was arrested by the police at the protest. Um, Not just arrested, but like kind of thrown down. And I always tell people Riley is my white brother from another mother. I, I met him some years ago. He just, you know, I, I tell people he he advocates for us sometimes more than we advocate for us. And you'll, you'll have to meet him one day. But um, just the way that he thinks, I, I thought it was really, really necessary, especially considering that we do work with so many member organizations. He has a great knack for helping me to pull this membership together mm-hmm. and just be very, very um, intentional and strategic, even with the membership that we have. So it's a super great team. Mm-hmm. Um, we've come up with some goals for this year. Overall, our goals are to one, of course, increase voter registration um, across the state is to increase, of course, awareness and education. When I talk to organizers, when I talk to people, keeping in mind that our focus this year is also going to be on youth. Yes. Uh, We often hear that people there's a lot that people don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell people all the time, there's a reason why the newspaper is written at a seventh grade level, mm-hmm. right? We have to break things down for people. Yes. Quit assuming people know things. So voter registration Awareness and education. We also have to build our volunteer base for our members. I stress all the time that the only way to really, really increase voter registration and getting people to these polls is to build trust with them, which means direct voter contact, which means knocking on doors, which means canvassing. Well, you need support with that, which means building up volunteers. We also, of course, want to increase the participation and and keep in mind, I didn't say voter turnout. I said participation Participation. because I also talk about how there are non-voting behaviors. We definitely want people to get out and vote. But for instance, I have an organizer right now in Grand Island who can't vote. She's a DACA recipient. But she's still actively out here doing this work. And there are other behaviors that that, that can be involved, like volunteering, petition signing, collecting signatures, whatever it is. There are other ways to be involved that aren't just strictly um, the voting behavior. So I'm trying to be mindful and our team is trying to be mindful as we talk to our members and talk to the community about just stressing that this is about more than just um, voting. It's also about just kind of our civic power, which is that social civic and political strength. It sounds like you are working in your zone of genius in your lifelong career as an organizer. You know, you sound perfectly uniquely suited for this role (laughs) and your team. So I'm so excited for the work that you're doing already and, you you know, the work that you will continue to do. Um, Is there anything else you would like to highlight? I would only say that the other goal that we are working on I heard a gentleman say at a conference, at the education conference, he said, no great work is done alone. Mm. 
And that is very true. And so another one of our goals is to get our members to be more active as an actual coalition. Uh, when you look at a coalition and what is involved with a coalition, what the definition of a coalition is, there's a lot of sharing that is involved. It's funny, but I say, you know, we always look for volunteers. Why can't we be each other's volunteers? Mm-hmm. Sounds funny, but it is somewhat of a simple fix if we can just be, again, being intentional with that. So collaboration is also key. Um, it's interesting because it's also key with even the South Omaha Neighborhood Alliance that preside over the collaboration piece. Mm-hmm. Because again, no great work is done alone. So mm-hmm. I just want to stress that as well. So to close, I want to ask a series of questions to get to know you more. Just something a little quick, fun and painless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so number one, what's your favorite song? Oh, gosh, my favorite song. Do I have a favorite song? I don't know if I have a favorite song, and but I'm way too old to listen to the music I listen to. <laughs> I love like UGK, um, yes. Ghetto Boys, yes. uh, Tupac, Outkast. Like I'm way too old. I know it. It's kind of weird. My playlist is like a bunch of music like that or like gospel music like there's no, <laughs> no in between in between i need to listen to more r&b so i'm trying to get better at it. that's probably why i'm single i don't listen to any r&b <laughs> that's probably my problem men get in the car and hear me playing trap me it's like oh no she is not the one <laughs> that's hilarious that's hilarious okay so number two what is your favorite book my favorite book in this world is probably the autobiography of Malcolm X. Yes. To be very honest with you, but I love to read and I typically love reading nonfiction. Mm. Yeah. So last but not least, what is something that brings you joy? Outside of my son, my son brings me so much joy. Mm. He really does. Cause when I just think about what it could have been, when I think about like his father who was deceased, he was murdered When I look at him, he's working and he's just so supportive of me as his mother, Mm. you know, and he's not a stereotype. Mm. He just makes me proud because first first of all, I produced him. Yes. And I'm still sometimes like, God, for real? (laughs) You know, because I thought he was going to be worse than me. That's what they always say. Your kids are going to be worse (laughs) than you were. And I was praying like, God, please don't let him be. And he wasn't. And, you know, he's just so so supportive of his mother. When I watch how he is with people, he's just so intelligent. Everyone tells me, well, you shouldn't be surprised. Well, you know, I am still. I'm just (laughs) like, well, this is my baby. Yeah. He takes care of his mama. And I mean, he's going to make somebody really, really happy one day. And I'm going to be mad because that means he's leaving the house. (laughs) Man, but I'm very just proud of him. Just as a young black man, the world is hard. Yes. Um, especially on our young black men. It is. And so just to see him thriving now in his young adulthood, I'm just so grateful. Just wow. grateful. And babies bring me joy. Kids, for some reason, just bring me joy. I cannot be around little kids and just not be smiling. Same. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. There is something joy. about that fresh energy yeah. before the world gets to yeah. them. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. And then especially when I can just give them back to mama. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm done now, (laughs) but I do love kids. I do. Yes, I love that. So, Kimra, thank you so much for being on the show. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. I'm so glad we finally got the opportunity to sit down. Like I I told you this before, but (laughs) 
you know what I'm gonna say. You you remind me so much of Shirley Chisholm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> when you say that, it's just like you know yes. she is. Yes, mm, your mm, your mm. energy, your leadership. We could talk all day about the things that you've done without the title, you know, for the people and, you know, not for accolades and like just selfless leadership. And I, you just I, I just get those Shirley Chisholm unbought and unbossed wow. vibes from you. And so I'm so excited to amplify and support the work that you do and continue to, you know, just watch you to continue to impact your community. That is so sweet. Thank you. I don't take compliments well, but I thank you so much. That yes. is such a compliment. I can't, I can't, I gotta go find my Shirley Chisholm shirt now. Yes. I don't know where it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet though. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I really enjoyed talking to you too. When we talked that day, I was like, wow. I told Paul, I said, first of all, she pulled a notebook out. <laughs> And that was already my flag right there. Like, okay, yep, she's the one. She's on it. She's on it. You can't talk about me and my notebooks anymore, Paul. Right. She carries one too. Yes. Yeah. Always. <laughs> so where can people find you on social media, Kimmer, if they want to keep up with your work? Oh, wow. Yeah. So on Twitter and Instagram, I am East Omaha Z. Okay. On Facebook, I am Kimura Zuri, Z-U-R-I. That's my middle name, Snipes. I am also on LinkedIn as well, Kimura Snipes. And yeah, please feel free to reach out to me. More than happy to um, have conversations about anything that was discussed. Okay. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to include your socials on the when the episode airs so people can connect with you oh, and yeah. all of that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much, Kimra, for joining me. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be updated as soon as new episodes go live. That's it for this week's episode. My name is Whitney Richardson. This is Political Evolution, and I thank you for listening. Thank you.